We do not pretend to make sense. Nope. Don't ask it of us. Nope. Nope. Hello and welcome to Kawush, the Stargate podcast. I'm Teresa. And I'm Marcus. And today we are discussing episode 1, season 6, Redemption, part 1. The description is as follows. SG-1 faces two potential disasters light years apart as an energy buildup in the Stargate threatens to destroy Earth. And Teal'c returns home to find his wife dead, his son estranged, and his planet under attack. Exclamation point. What? Yeah. No. No. What? There was no attack on, like, if Earth is his planet, then yes, but he doesn't realize that until, like, at least half an hour into the episode. Yeah, and that's the same crisis. Yeah. I mean, his wife being dead is a separate crisis. Yeah. But... And his son being mad at him. Yeah. Which, I mean, not to be like that, but I think Earth has it worse in this one. <laughs> 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 no, no, this is the episode where Jonas is part of the episode. Yes. <laughs> I really like Jonas, guys. I'm sorry. I'm gonna be like this now. Yeah, that is okay. Uh, yeah, so I don't remember how we do this now, because it's been like three months until since we did the last episode of this. Yeah. Uh, things have happened, and... Um, I have no memory of how we podcast. Me neither. So that's fine. Yeah. And, you know, the responsible thing to do would probably have been to, like, listen through a couple of our, our previous podcasts to see how we did things, but um, I am not responsible. No. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been smart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought of it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I think we just go through the episode and talk about what we thought. Yeah. 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 Good thinking. <laughs> yeah. So um, we start with the SG-1 team on a different planet running yeah. from the indigenous population. Yeah. Who are tro- throwing spears and shooting tranquilizer darts yeah. at them. Yeah. And um, there's a fourth member of their team that is not Daniel and you don't know who that guy is no it's basically just a scene to show that yeah we've gone through a bunch of replacements for daniel but none have worked out they're all incompetent yes no one is daniel no i mean i would have liked it if they were competent but jack didn't like them anyway or something like that because it can't just be that everyone is not as good as daniel no Uh i mean no one is as good as Daniel, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, it. they should have... I mean, we don't know how the previous eight uh, left their left the team. We don't know if that was Jack driving them away or if they actually did stupid things, all of no, them. That's true. Especially the one that was apparently only on for like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, maybe all the other ones were really competent people and this one was the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I imagine they started with the ones, the one that, okay, we actually think this is going to work. Yeah. And now it's number nine. Yeah. And yeah. Then we see Jonas. Yes! <laughs> who's watching the weather report. 
Like a nerd. Yeah. He's watching the weather report, listening to classical music, and reading uh, ancient Babylonian. Yeah. As you do. Yeah. And he is invited to a field trip to see the new X-302. Yeah. When when uh, Sam was like, I'm going to invite Jonas to Area 51, I was like, are they going to experiment on him? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> They're taking an alien to Area 51. There are no aliens at Area 51. Well, there are now. <laughs> or there was for a few hours. Yeah. And I just feel so sorry for Jonas. He spent three months on the base. He has he even seen the sun. Probably not. The oh base God. doesn't have like a garden no. that they can go to and how is he not thoroughly depressed uh-huh i hope he's at least gotten you know vitamin d supplements uh-huh so basically he's a swedish person during Eight. the winter yeah yeah i miss the sun guys <laughs> we saw the sun for like almost an hour today yeah it was amazing yeah it's gone down now because it's like 3 30 uh in the afternoon yeah so no more sun no it's january just in case we actually <laughs> publish this in the summer. Yeah. No, the summer has a lot of sunshine. Yes. <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah. And um, then they go to Area 51. Yeah. I don't think anything happens in between there. Not really. There oh, is... right. That. Sorry. <laughs> yes, go ahead. <laughs> the best, the best uh, line ever published in anything. Um... Jonas asks how he is supposed to know which color to wear. Because he's wearing green and everyone else is wearing blue in this episode. Yeah. And Sam says that they call each other every morning. Yes. And me and Marcus might have quoted that quote many, 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 many times. Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> it's an awesome quote. And it's just, I, I love their interaction there. It's amazing. And I just feel so sorry for Jonas. Yeah. Like. He's just trying so hard. Yeah. Right. And then they go see the glider. Yeah. And it's really cool. Yeah. And O'Neill says, no, 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 no. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Because <laughs> he don't trust them. No. Which I can understand given his previous experiment, experiment, experience with uh, one of their flights. Yeah. I'm impressed that he volunteers to go up in the next one. Yeah, but you know, Earth is in peril. He has to do something. Yeah. He can't just sit around because no. he's O'Neill. And, okay, in the very beginning, in the first uh, scene, mm. uh, he's injured. Mm. He has partially torn a ligament in his knee. Mm -hmm. And not to be like that, but he barely... Uh, limps? Limps. Sorry. <laughs> yes, that's the word. He's barely limping in the rest of the episode. Mm. Over three months ago... My fiancé hurt a ligament in her foot. I have seen firsthand how much that hurts and how long it can take for that to heal. This episode takes place over the course of like two or three days. Mm -hmm. He should be limping. He should be using crutches. There should be pain. I am sorry. I, should, I would not have thought about that at all if it weren't for our experiences in the past few months. But... Yep. She's still on crutches, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Granted, she hasn't gotten the, the uh, medical attention she should have gotten. No. But, uh, and that's, I mean, he would have gotten that immediately. He would immediately have been told what to do to fix it. But a partially torn ligament, that is worse than it was portrayed in this episode. Yeah. 
And sometimes that bother bothers me because it's it's a thing they do sometimes. Yeah, they're wounded. We're gonna say some medical words, and mm. then three days later they're back up and running again. Yeah. No matter what kind of injury or surgery or ailment, ailment, illness. Ailment. I can I can words. <laughs> no matter what was wrong with them, it doesn't take any longer than. Yeah. Just one time, I would like someone to get like a permanent injury. Yeah, like Sander in Buffy. Yeah, he actually loses his eye and then it stays lost. Yeah, not like Thor who gets a new eye in like <laughs> two hours. Um, well, it's a glass eye, but still. Yeah, well, I don't think he can see through it. But yeah, that is a detail that just bothered me because yeah. of reasons. Yeah, why would they even include it? Like, oh, because they're not on a mission. Yeah, but like he could have just you know twisted his ankle. Yeah, that heals quickly. Yeah, or they could just not have been a mission for them for a few days. Yeah, or just like you know, okay, you don't get to have a mission until you have a new person. Yeah, this is your job now. Yeah, you need to go through all these files. Yeah, and pick one, preferably a woman. Yes, but no. No. Anyway. Um. Yeah. And then uh, Colonel Chekhov shows up, mm-hmm. uh, which I now remember his name yeah. because he's named after a Star Trek character. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I didn't remember if it was Stargate or Star Trek or Star Wars. <laughs> Too many stars in the world. Yeah. He basically gets to be a grumpy Russian for this episode. Yeah. He wants a Russian person put on the team. Yeah. Which I can understand. Pretty reasonable request. Yeah. Yeah. I did write that down. Like, why are they so mean to the Russians? Yeah. Like, why do they always leave them out? Even though, yeah, we have a deal now and we're super angry anytime the Russians do something that we don't know about. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we are not going to even consider putting a Russian on SG-1. And we're not going to tell them about this uh, spacecraft we're building. And uh, Jack is super rude. Like, even if he didn't want a Russian on his team, he could have been respectful to the colonel yeah he could have at least been yeah you know yeah i'll think about it yeah and then not thought about it but he still didn't have to just over my dead body uh-huh or over my rotten corpse or yes something? over my this? rotten corpse and bite and me yeah yeah that's how you talk to someone mm-hmm. it's fine mm-hmm. yeah i like jack but sometimes sometimes he gets away with way too much of yeah. that kind of stuff and he, I mean, his Russian hatred is consistent, at least. Yeah. So that's a character trait that he has. But, yeah. It's not very, it's not a very endearing character trait. No, it's really not. And I don't understand why Hammond doesn't at least make him be respectful. Yeah. I mean, I Hammond does say that he agrees with him and he doesn't want a Russian on the team. But... There's also, like, international relations mm-hmm. and stuff going on here. Mm-hmm. But see, the, the Russians no longer have a Stargate, so they're no longer a threat to them in yeah. any way. Regarding the Stargate, at least. Yeah. So now they don't have to suck up to them anymore. Yep. I guess. Um... Speaking of people we hate, McKay shows up. Oh my god! <laughs> <sighs> His first line is, hello sexy, or something like that. I didn't even, I just heard his voice and was like, oh, no. Yeah, he says, like, looking sexy or something like that to Sam. Of course he does. Yeah. And his smug face. Yeah. Ugh. 
How can I like him so much in Atlantis? I don't understand. No. I hate him here. <laughs> but the thing is, I mean, he is a slightly different character in Atlantis. Yeah. In Atlantis, he's, you know... Not sexist? No. At least not as bad. Yeah. And, I don't know, he's, he's just slightly more sympathetic-ish. Yeah. Or arrogant in a sort of adorable way. Yeah. And not just in an arrogant, condescending... I'll say that I did like his interaction with Jonas. Like, yeah. Jonas was like, what's crossing your fingers? And McKay actually explained it instead of sounding like a smug bastard about it. Yeah. Uh, so that was nice. Yeah. Nothing else that he did was nice. No. But Jonas is so nice that he has the ability to even make McKay nice <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or something. I gotta say, like, my favorite thing with Jonas in this episode was him, like, walking around with books everywhere, yes. just in his arms. Like, super advanced. One of the books that he held was Black Holes and Quark Theory. Okay. Um, so, because he asked Sam for some additional reading yeah. so he could understand what was uh, yeah the, the ship, I think, he wanted to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was going to see the... the blueprints of the ship sort of and she said that yeah it might not mean much to you without the proper understanding of the the science behind it and yeah. he asked for additional reading yeah and then he read apparently a lot of books yes <laughs> in a really short time yes while everything else was going on yep well i mean no one was telling him what was going on no kind of so that's true uh i have here a note that says that sam talks to no Jonas talks to Sam about wanting to join SG-1. Yeah. And Sam just shuts him down. Yeah. Which is really sad. It is. Oh. And I'm like, I don't... I wonder what, you know, what she is thinking then. Like, no, I don't... Because, I mean, she doesn't want a replacement for Daniel because no one wants a replacement for Daniel because yeah. they miss him. And, I mean, she's not being as rude about it as O'Neill is about the Russian. <laughs> <laughs> but... Still, why not? Why not give him a chance? Yeah, Tilk is the only one who's like decent about it. Yeah, did Jonas beat Tilk? I did don't know. <laughs> I don't think he did. I think Tilk was just nice anyway. <laughs> Probably, but I just like the whole implication that maybe he managed to. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he did say like, "Now I'm ready." Yeah, because <laughs> they go boxing, and it's so silly. And... Yeah. Um, Tiok is wearing a t-shirt that, that says Boxing Bears. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know where he got that. Yeah. Does he box? Maybe. Is he, like, in a club? <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. And then uh, cut to, like, one of my favorite scenes, which is Tiok with his tray of food <laughs> joining Jack at the table. <laughs> and his tray is just, like... Yeah. He has so many grapes. Yeah, he yeah. has a, like a huge ball, b ball, a ball, <laughs> a huge bowl of grapes and cake, cake and pie and some bread and an apple and I think some rice and chicken or something yeah, and yeah and like some sandwiches I think yeah it's just a heaping tray of food yeah and Jack is there going through files of people that can replace yeah. Daniel and uh... and he doesn't want any. Now I don't remember what he says. Some social science person. Did he say like to... social political yeah, something? Something like that to offset our overwhelming coolness. 
<laughs> and he also says, which I found super funny, I can be as diplomatic as the next guy. And Teal'c just looks at him. With that, like, right, right, raised eyebrow and yeah. just... Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad they're calling themselves out on that. Yeah. Oh, that was so funny. Yep, and then Teal'c suggests that... Why did your phone do that? I think I got a text message. Okay. I'm just going to make sure that we're still recording. Yes, we're still recording. Good. Well, you have a lot of notifications. Yes, I do. I need to do something about that. It's so (laughs) annoying. Anyway. (laughs) Where were we? Oh, yeah. Teal talks to Jack about maybe Jonas joining them. Yeah. Teal is on Team Jonas. Yes, I approve. Yeah. The aliens got to stick together. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Jack has this whole thing about Jonas being an alien. And... Yeah. He does realize in the middle of saying it that, oh, maybe this is not the, the right company. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that he says that. Yeah. He's, um, yeah. Specious. Yeah. And a bit racist. Yeah. Because Russians. Yeah. Uh, he has problems. Yes. And I don't approve. No. And I I sort of like that he... He realizes what he's saying, and then he takes a break, and then he says it anyway. Yeah. Like, he stands for what he meant, yeah. even if what he meant was fucked up. Yes. Uh, like, he's like, yeah, but he's an alien. <laughs> <laughs> and Teal'c points out that you learn to trust me, and maybe you can learn to trust him, too. And there's a lot um, in that scene, actually. Yeah, there is. Yeah. And then there's a red alert. And then I've just written poor Colonel Chekhov, and I don't remember why. I don't. I think we've been jumping a little bit back and forth in the in the episode because the red alert was when uh, Braytuck showed up. Oh yeah. So, and told them that uh, Dreyak was uh, gravely ill. Oh yeah. And so Teal had to go Dave. check on that. Yeah. And I think it's after that that we actually meet Colonel Chekhov and. Uh, he says that he wants a, a Russian on the team. Mm, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, hopefully you guys have actually watched this episode before you're listening to us because we do recommend you do that. <laughs> yeah. Because we do not pretend to actually go through things in the right order and remember everything. No. We do not pretend to make sense. Nope. Don't ask it of us. Nope. No. So, in the honored tradition of both Stargate and all other shows in creation, they fridge a wife. Which means that they kill her uh, for plot reasons. Yeah. Um, and it's great. So far, they have killed Daniel's wife, and now they've killed Tilk's wife. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. Love it. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was very, you know, anticlimactic. And I understand that, you know, it's, it's, it's horrible. Oh, I find out my wife is dying. I get there and I don't get to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. Although I didn't feel like you really got that that punch that no. that should have been. No. But I feel like they haven't really established their relationship very no, well. Not a whole lot. Which is sad. Yeah. They should have they should have started doing that at least a few episodes before they decided to kill her so that yeah. we care. I'm not even sure why they decided to kill her. Maybe that's going to be apparent in the next episode, but Maybe the actress just didn't want to be it in anymore. Yeah. But it's not like she was a major part of anything, so they could have just not shown her anymore. 
could have mentioned her in passing. And Yeah, I mean, the problem is that they needed something to show the relationship between Teal'c and Ryak. Yeah. And nothing does that, like killing a mother or a wife. Exactly. Yeah. How else would one possibly do that? Yeah. Because Ryak is angry at Teal'c for abandoning them and for caring more about the cost and his family and... and... All valid concerns. Yeah. And then, of course, it all turns out... Of course, Braytak understand. Bray- I, I, I pronounce it wrong. Braytak. Braytak. I pronounce it wrongly, and I know that, but I don't understand why. <laughs> Braytak is, of course, the you know wise mentor who knows exactly what's wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's just that, no, he's just insecure, and you need to tell him that you trust him. Yeah. And I mean, I like that he said, like, because you're his father and you've never told him that you're proud of him. Yeah. So maybe go do that. Yeah. Um, I like that part. Yeah. I do like that too. And then he does and then they hug it out. Yeah. My my um my notes on that were Teal's a bad dad <laughs> and hug. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I Teal'c as a father is not something to aspire to be. No. He's never there, and I understand, yeah, I have my job, mm. but I never think that prioritizing one's job over one's family is a good thing. No. I mean, I guess... I don't remember her name. What was her name? His wife. I Something with a D. just said a Dryak. Dryak. I think. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I guess she was opposed to living at the base. Yeah, I mean, Sam did explain that to Jonas a little bit. Yeah. That she wanted to stay with her people mm. uh, if it was possible. And Teal'c tried to get there as much as possible, but it's difficult. Yeah. And I mean, of course it is. You live in another world. <laughs> yeah. You're always working. But taking a little family time, getting home to see your kid every once in a while. Uh-huh. And your wife. But apparently the wife is unimportant. Yeah, that means she's dead. It's fine. Yeah. So we, don't, we don't care about her. <laughs> Yeah. So, I don't approve of that part of the the character of Teal'c. No, me neither. And I love him, so that's sad. Yeah. I think that's the theme for this episode. I don't approve of all of O'Neill's things either, but I do love him too. Yeah. So. I mean, it's a very character-driven episode. Yeah. Uh, which I approve of. I felt like this was a very well-put-together episode in general. Yeah. And it also felt like it was the start of something new. Like, maybe that's just me going into this knowing that it's the start of something new. Uh, but well, it... I mean, you do go into it knowing it's the first episode of the season. It's the first episode where we need to establish Jonas instead of, of uh, Daniel. Yeah. And sort of a whole, like, there's not a whole lot. Now I don't remember because it's been a while. But there's nothing like, oh my god, this is going on. We need to solve this. Yes, no. Anubis is a threat. Mm. We know that. But he hasn't really been actively doing things until now. Yeah. And, um, oh yeah, and during all of this, the gate opens. Yes. And they don't know why. Yeah, there's nothing coming through. Yeah. And they're very confused because the, the wormhole should shut down if there's nothing coming through. Mm-hmm. But, you know. They just tell Sam to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> and then McKay shows up and is super smug about it. I'm like, dude, you don't have any solutions. You're just there to annoy us. Yeah. And I like that Sam just like, go away. Yeah. And he, he does go away. He's yeah. like, okay, I'm going to go eat some cake or something. Probably because he knows he doesn't actually have a solution. Yeah. 
And then eventually they find some, like, a tiny, tiny amount of energy coming through mm. into the gate, and that's what's keeping us open. And, and it's also building up in yeah. the gate, so it's gonna eventually explode. Yeah, and that sucks. Yeah, it's gonna blow up Colorado, guys. Yeah. That's bad. And then it's gonna cause climate issues that's gonna destroy the entire world. Fun times. Yeah. Sped up climate change. Global warming. That's what I was trying to say, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that word that we the, never the hear. The word, no, no. And never, yeah. Never worry about. No. And then they need to contact the Asgard. Mm. And so they're going to fly the ship to Abydos. And Sam says that she's going to go. And then Jack says, yeah, I'm going to go too. Yeah. With my knee. Yeah. It's fine. Well, um, he's not even limping. So you no. Know. He doesn't have crutches. No. Fine. And then they go there and they're wearing space suits and they're super pretty. And then Jonas, back at the base, is expressing concerns that it's not going to work. Yeah. Because then Aquadria is too unstable. Yeah. And McKay says, yeah, I told you so. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when they have the little exchange about crossing your fingers. And, yeah. Um, because Hammond says that, yeah, well, we don't have another solution. This is the only thing we can do. Yeah. We need to cross our fingers and just hope that it works. Yeah. Which it doesn't. Nope. And I also, now that I've thought about it, like McKay explains that it's a human expression that you cross your fingers for luck. Mm. And I'm like, no, it's not universal. <laughs> no, we don't do that here in Sweden. We hold our thumbs. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. I never do that. It's not as easy to show as crossing your fingers. No, it's it looks like a fist. Yeah. I'm just like <laughs> holding my fist up in my face here. <laughs> for luck. <laughs> yes. Because that's how you do it the Viking way. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, no, that's... It's a common recurring thing in science fiction that American things are explained as human things. Yeah. Which is why I found it annoying. Yeah. yeah. And then they fail in their space mission. Yes. The ship's autopilot kicks in and, and takes them out of hyperdrive. That's not what it's called. <laughs> that's yeah. Star Trek. What's yeah. it called? They open a hyperspace window. Right, that's what it's called. Yeah. And the ship's autopilot doesn't let them go through it because it's unstable. Right. Also, hyperdrive is not Star Trek. That's warp. What is hyperdrive? Hyperdrive is in, in Stargate. Okay, good. I'm pretty sure. And or Babylon 5. And or, I don't know, space Star Wars. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Star Wars has it. Star Engage Wars. Engage the hyperdrive. Right. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Okay, so it was a, it was a star thing. Yes. <laughs> And it's sort of an anticlimactic because, I mean, Jonas has been all about, no, but it's unstable and we're gonna get blown up. horrible things are going to happen. And then it's just, yeah, no, we're going to just turn and <laughs> not go in there. And then we go down to base again. Yeah. Which I kind of like that it wasn't a, you know, oh my God, we're about to explode. We need to solve this. It's yeah. actually no, but the, the, uh, the fail safes that they had put into the ship actually worked yeah. and kept them safe. Yeah. And they could just go home. Yeah. It's very nice. Yeah. Also that they said, okay, come back to base and Jack didn't go, no, fuck you. I'm going to try again or mm -hmm. something. No, they just went home. Yeah. <laughs> We're responsible about it. Responsible adults. And then Jonas does the crossing the fingers, <laughs> but it's like his pointer fingers are crossed from both hands and it's so cute. So it's more like making a cross like against the vampire yes. thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. 
And I like that, ha- like, when he does that, Hammond looks at him and just smiles. Yes! <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. And I sort of love that Jonas doesn't come from some sort of less advanced culture than yeah. the one that they have. He's, yeah, it's, it's nice that not all alien civilizations have to be, like less advanced yeah they're not all like medieval time yeah it's actually no they have science he understands science yeah he knows that it's not magic yeah and like he can be helpful in in that regard Mm. which is very nice then he is white and teal is black and that's a whole thing that is a thing that that one can go into (laughs) but yeah yeah and then anubis shows up yeah and hologram yeah, and tells them that, hey, I'm gonna kill y'all. Bye. <laughs> He's so dramatic. Yeah. He said, you will bow before my awesome power. And not even, uh, like, I'm gonna give you a chance because I'm benevolent. It's just, hey, this is me. I'm doing this to you. You're all gonna die. Yeah, he's not even offering them any, like, chances or anything. He's just calling to say, hi, I'm the one that's killing you. Haha. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, back at with with the Teal'c, uh, another Jaffa has come to warn, tell them that Anubis is attacking Earth. Right. So now, uh, Teal'c knows that and can do something about it. Yes. But we don't know what. They're gonna try calling all of Anubis's worlds and yeah. see which ones aren't contactable. That's a word. Yes, that's a word. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so then they will know where the attack is coming from, and then they can go there and stop it. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. Because they can't do anything at Earth. No. You're just gonna sit there and watch Anubis sometimes come and say, Hi, I'm still killing you. <laughs> it's fine. Yep. It's gonna be fun. Especially with the finger guns that you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad you couldn't see them, yeah. but they were great. <laughs> that was all of my notes on this episode. Yeah. Mine too. I really like it. Yeah. This is a very, very good episode. Yeah. Everyone gets to do something. Yeah. And everyone is well written. Yeah. And Jack is annoying, but <laughs> not inconsistently so. No. And it's a very good like I I imagine when they when they made this, they made it a little bit to be a a good introduction episode to the whole s- series. Yeah. In case people started watching here. Yeah. Which is the thing you need to do every once in a while if you have a long running series. Yeah. And this is a very it's a very good example of how you can do that. Yeah. Do we rate it? I don't remember if we rate them anymore. No. We stopped rating the, the, the descriptions. descriptions. Yeah. Do we want to rate it? <laughs> we can be know. inconsistent, it's fine. <laughs> yes. The problem with rating things is that I'm always so careful about rating things too low or too high. Yeah. And also, like, what good does it do? <laughs> yeah. Let's just not. No. We like this episode. It's a really it was good a episode. It's a very good episode. Yeah. Yeah. Felt like the start of something new. Yeah. All right. That was all for this. We'll be back soon with um, part two. Yeah. uh, Of Redemption. Yes. And um, yeah. Yeah. Then we do our outro. Yeah. Okay. Cool. See See you on on the the other other side. side. SG-1 faces potential... Yeah. Yeah. That's it. (laughs)